welcome. Thank you for joining us here at ICGC Caris Temple Podcast. Pastor Prince Nyako is the head pastor of ICGC Caris Temple, serving under the leadership of Dr. Mentor Otabel. Pastor Prince is a dynamic preacher of God's unadulterated word, characterized with a strong prophetic insight and prayer ministry. He is a strong advocate for discipline and order in the body of Christ, with messages centered on fasting, holiness, prayer, and integrity. And now, to today's message. For the gift of life, thank God for the gift of life. Thank Him for the gift of life. Thank Him for the privilege to come to church and hear His word. It's the teaching of the word that changes a man. You want to thank God that God, I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful for all that you can do for me. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for your privileges you've granted unto me. As I'm about to hear your word, give me clarity. Give me clarity. Give me clarity. Give me clarity. Ask the Lord for clarity that you will not just hear the preaching, but you will hear the Lord in a clear manner that you understand in the mighty name of Jesus that the teaching of his word will bring illumination it will bring direction it will bring hope it will bring guidance it will bring guidance and reformation transformation to the way we think and the way we handle our lives you want to pray that God speak to me speak to me let your words be real let your words be fire in my bones let me come under the transformative force of the word of the Lord I refuse to leave this place the same in the mighty name of Jesus we have prayed amen please take your seat so last week I began a teaching on thinking like God thinking like God I want to do the last part which is the second part I believe will be a blessing to you I wouldn't do a recap because thank God the messages are all recorded and even the audios are placed on the church pages so please I'm not doing a recap I'm going so I'm doing the part two of thinking like God thinking like God thinking like God part two Let's pray. Father, add a blessing to your teaching of the word. Let no one live here the same. Let us live here empowered and have direction in your word. We don't want to live here the same. That is why we have come with a heart filled with joy to receive your word. I bind the spirit of forgetfulness. I bind the spirit of negligence. I bind the spirit that will cause your people to hear your word and not obey. We bind the spirit of disobedience. We bind the spirit of neglect. We bind the spirit of, I don't care about what God is saying. We bind the spirit of selfishness. We bind the spirit of the flesh. We bind the spirit of the traditions of our fathers. And we pray that, Lord, your word will have a free course in our lives. I submit myself to your power. I declare that the teaching of your word will be a blessing to everyone that hears us, both online and in person. I pray the flesh of my body will be strong and my tongue will touch with coals of fire. Let there be transformation, I ask you, Lord, in the behavior, in the mindset, in the thought patterns of your people. I am just a vessel. I pray that you use me greatly to bless your people tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So teaching like a thinking like God, part two. Yes, last week I established clearly what it meant to um, think like God, what it meant to have a thinking like God, and that is to have the mind of Scripture. That Scripture is the mind of God. So if you say you are thinking like God, It means that you are thinking like scriptures will allow you to think. So I established that in the part one. And I wouldn't want to go back because there are still enough for us tonight in the part two. So I begin tonight's teaching by saying that, you know, you can, the reason why 
Have you realized that you know a lot of scriptures but you don't understand? Let me see. You read the Bible but you don't understand because it is, it is not you that can cause you to understand the scripture. The Bible, the Bible, you, you didn't write the Bible. So, you will not be able to understand the Bible except God helps you to understand. So, though the scriptures, though the scriptures carry um, truth, the truth are revealed. The, the truth are revealed to those who seek God for it. Because anybody can read the scripture. So far as the scripture is written in a language, anybody can read the scripture and have his own interpretation. So if you want to have the mind of God, you must ask God, we must ask God to teach us his word that the Spirit of the Lord will help us to understand the Word. You may understand English, but you may never understand what the Spirit of the Lord is saying in the English language. So not just... We are not talking about understanding language. We are talking about understanding what God is saying in the language in which he is communicating. So the scripture must, you must be helped by God to understand the word of God. So we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. It's a teaching service. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. He said, now we have, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Verse 13. Which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches but which the Holy Ghost teaches. So it is not a man that can give you the understanding of scripture. It is the spirit of the Lord that gives a man understanding into scripture. So if you want to have a mind or the mind of God or think like God, you must rely on the Holy Spirit. Yes, a pastor may teach you you may read the Bible yourself. You may listen to a sermon on Facebook or whatever. But it takes the spirit of the Lord to teach you what God was saying or God is saying. If you miss that point and we become too much human-centered, we will miss what God is saying. And when you miss what God is saying for a long time, you will enter into big error that will change your theology. You know, you can be going somewhere and miss your route. But it depends. Your missing can be insignificant. You are, if like you are coming to church and you miss your road and you get to Shalom Spot. Okay? And you get to Shalom Spot and you ask somebody for direction to this place. And the person knows this place your missing will not be a great deal. Then maybe you ask somebody at Shalom Spot and he says, oh, keep driving, get to the underbridge and then pass right. So the more you miss your route, the more complex your destination becomes. So many people are in church, we still don't understand the scriptures. And if you don't understand scripture, you can never have the mind of God. You can never think like God. And your calling, our place is the place to think like God. God wants us to think like him. It is our, it, it is our nature, it is our core nature to think like God. We are not supposed to think like ourselves. We are not supposed to think like our biological father or biological mother. 
or think by the traditions of our fathers. But we are supposed to think like God. We are supposed to think like God. We are supposed to act like God. A lot of things about us must be traceable to God. When we speak, God must be felt. When we act, God must be felt. Wherever we live, God must be felt. Because God lives in us. We are, we, we are supposed to maneuver in life. Give me the amplified version of, of, of these verses. He said, And we are setting this truth forth in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Holy Spirit, combining and interpreting spiritual truth with spiritual language to those who possess the Holy Spirit. Verse, oh, give me the 12 to 13. 12 to 13. Now we have not received the spirit that belongs to the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God. I want to emphasize so that you will not miss your way in the kingdom of God. You will not miss your way in the kingdom of God. The other time, um, a lady, I remember, he said the auntie was introducing her to a prophet. And the prophet said, she's not getting married because she's married to, she's, she has a spiritual husband. And I said, so what did the prophet continue to say? He said, the prophet said they should bring a black pot, um, something, charcoal, her picture, and 2,000 CDs. And I said, where did he say he should bring it? He said, he should bring it, she should bring it to his house. So, the, you see, the fact that um, a pastor, an evangelist, a prophet, a teacher, an apostle, are messengers of God, doesn't mean that whatever they say is from the Spirit. Because even, you see, we are so immature that we, we don't even discern between tongues that are from the Spirit and tongues that are from demons. We have to, we have to begin to desire true growth true discipleship growth true spiritual growth that we will be able to discern what is wrong that is the highest level of spiritual growth that for you to be able to discern what is wrong and what is right without struggle then you are there any other form of marker to tell us that you are spiritual it is it, you have we must be able to know and be addicted to what is right thinking like god will not just come because we are believers our minds will not be saturated with god just because we are believers but our reliance on the spirit at all times at all times Letting God know that our flesh cannot be relied on. Our ways are not like his ways. It takes the ways of the spirit to take us to where God wants us to be. The biggest error of the church and the biggest error of Christians is that we get to a point where we think that our ways will work out our lives. And there and then we come to a point where we realize that we had serious limitations we never knew. What I'm talking about, theologians will call it illumination. If a child of God does not receive illumination, time and time again, at a frequency that is often, that child of God will be blind. That child of God cannot grow. It takes divine illumination to facilitate spiritual growth. In fact, spiritual growth is, is what happens when a man receives spiritual illumination. The more of the light of God you have, the more growth you see in the realms of the spirit. More light, more growth. 
but we have come to a generation. We have come to a dispensation that we care less about light. We care less, less about growth. We care less about revelation from God. Pure revelation. Not, not revelations that lead to people into destruction. Not revelation that puffs us up. But pure light. Illumination. When a man is illuminated, he cannot be deceived. If you receive constant illumination, that is why God has scheduled that we should not um, 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 forsake the assembly of the brethren. Because as we meet like this, illumination is being shot from the pulpit to us. And when you receive light, you can see well. If we switch off the whole light in this building, you may not find your way out. The same way, if you switch off spiritual illumination in your life, you may never maneuver yourself in destiny effectively. If a Christian is sick, it is because he's lacking illumination. Yeah. Do you know that somebody can have malaria and die from malaria because he doesn't know that there is a drug that can handle malaria? It is, it is illumination. And may the Spirit of the Lord begin to give you illumination. He said, the Holy Spirit who is from God, giving to us that we might realize and comprehend and appreciate. Ah, realize, comprehend, appreciate the gift of divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. Verse 13. He said, and we are setting this truth forth in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Holy Spirit. May the Holy Spirit begin to teach you the word of the Lord. May the Holy Spirit begin to teach you the word of the Lord. May the Holy Spirit become your divine instructor in God's word in the name of Jesus Christ. Have you heard people say, or you yourself, you said, and like it dawned on me. Have you said it before? You are in a situation and say, the thing dawned on me. That is what I call illumination. The same way in the physical, things can dawn on you. It's the same way in the realms of the spirit, when God illuminates you, ignorance begins to die out of your heart and out of your life. Every illumination of God kills spiritual ignorance. So the more illuminated a man becomes, the more godlike he becomes. Your, our problem is that we have lost our hunger for illumination. We have lost our drive to be illuminated by the word. Because if a man has a drive for illumination, he will stay with scripture. Because he wants to be, you know, Bishop Oedipo said, he, he was fasting and reading the Bible for three days and something hit his spirit and he jumped and he said, I can never be poor again. You can walk around, say what he said. You can preach it. You can prophesy. You can confess it. I can never be poor. I can never be poor. But you will still be poor. Because it, your confession must be birthed out of illumination. So when, when you copy people, you are hurting yourself. Because they, they do what they do based on revelation. So is not enough. You can't copy forever if you don't catch a revelation. You can't copy forever if you don't understand why what is being done is being done. It takes a revelation for a man to mature in the kingdom of God. Every maturing Christian is a Christian who is drinking revelation. Who is soaking revelation who is being exposed to light, who is being illuminated day in and day out, there is serious, look, 
there can be familiar spirits around you eh, you will never know until you are illuminated you you know I told you that prophet Ezekiel did not enter a physical valley of dry bones it's not a physical valley of dry bones it's a spiritual dimension of barrenness that was hanging around the people of God but God had to carry his spirit when he was in the spirit that means that prophet Ezekiel had positioned himself for divine illumination I was in the spirit and I saw I was in the spirit and I saw I was in the spirit and I saw we have to be in the spirit in order to discover revelations in God by the help of the spirit hallelujah God's spirit lights up the scriptures in us God's spirit the spirit of the Lord brings the scriptures alive in us. So if you are going to study the Bible to understand and come into truth, you can't do it by your natural capacity. That is why you cannot just wake up, get up from bed and go and sit by your Bible and start reading. Some can do it because they have practiced Bible study and communication with the Spirit of the Lord for a long time that their spirit is always in tune with the Spirit of the Lord. But if you don't have time for the Word, you can never be illuminated. What you don't know, you don't know. And what you know, you know. What you don't know, you don't know. And what you know, you know. I'm praying that from these teachings, somebody will leave these teachings and begin to desire to know God. To know God. If you will see anything in God, you must see everything in Scripture. Everything concerning your life, you must see it in Scripture. If you want to see anything about God, you cannot escape scripture. And poorly, 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 we are poorly studying the scripture. We are poorly reading the Bible. We are poorly giving attention to the Bible. We give attention to everything in church except the Bible. For Bible study, we are not interested. But the thing that will change us is the content of the Bible is what is in the Bible being opened to us by the Spirit of the Lord. No comedy. No gimmicks. Nothing replaces the effect of the word of the Lord in the Christian. So if you are a Christian and you don't like the Bible, I beg you. I beg you. You, you, you cannot be a Christian and say that, me, I don't like reading the Bible. It's too boring. You are yet to be a Christian. The spirit of the Lord has not lightened your spirit. Yes. The spirit of the Lord must, when the spirit of the Lord lights up your spirit, when you take the Bible, it will be so real to you. I don't remember the last time I took the Bible and said God didn't speak to me. Anything that says the Lord is in the Bible. How can you tell a woman you want to pray for her? She has a spiritual husband. She should bring a black pot, charcoal, and add a picture and bring 2,000. Are you a fetish priest? No. We have become blind in the church. It's so difficult. If you ask a normal Christian to discern what is right or wrong, they don't know. Because maturity does not come with you being in church for a long time or even being in the kingdom for a long time. Maturity is a function 
of divine illumination. Divine illumination. Psalm 119 verse 18. Look at the prayer of David. Look at the prayer of David. Look at the prayer of 119 verse 18. He said, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your laws. So until your eyes are opened, you won't see anything. <laughs> Open and you see, the, the language is very important. Give me NLT. The language, look at the language. Said, Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths. So there are many truths, plural, in the Bible. You may be, you, you may be very ignorant to just hold on to one that you've discovered. And in fact, many times, many churches start because of one particular truth the man of God discovered. Most churches, most ministries are based on one truth. So there are many truths in the Bible. So Jesus was, Jesus was going to pray for someone and a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years meets Jesus and something within her was telling her that if I touch the hem of this man's garment I will be healed so this woman times Jesus swerves everybody God and touches the hem of Jesus and instantly the Bible said the fountain of blood ceased to flow. Does it mean that everyone with the issue of blood must go and hold the hem of Jesus' garment? No. It's based on illumination. Sometimes you'll be coming to church. Your blessing will not be in the preaching. Your blessing may not be in the choir ministration. Your miracle is not in even opening prayer. Maybe God will tell you something that after church, stay on the altar for one hour. Or go to church one hour ahead of time and go and pray. Go to church ahead of time and go and worship. Go to church and buy this for the children department. Or when you go to church, watch out, take a seat and bless the pastor. Or double your tithe. Or give your first fruit. God does not have one way traffic way of doing miracles. Your spiritual maturity he said, Open my eyes, open my eyes, keep me there. First, um, Psalm 119, verse 18. Open down my eyes that I may behold wondrous things. NLT, wondrous things. He said, For she thought, NLT of Psalm 119, verse 18. He said, Open my eyes to see wonderful truth in your instructions. May God open our eyes that we will see the truth in the word of the Lord. And you see, the posture of the writer is very important. That means David was hungry to see. Are you hungry to see? The spirit of the Lord reveals, does not reveal anything to people who are not hungry. Every revelation career is a man who is hungry for God. Revelation is never deposited in people who are not hungry for God. If you want to be a man that receives illumination from God, you must be hungry. Your spiritual temperature must be high. <laughs> you must show aggressiveness to know God and grow in God and go deeper in God and pursuing God, there must be a sign, there must be some movement of pursuit of God. Without that, there will not be revelation. Without that, you will lack illumination. And when you lack illumination from God, you cannot think like God. You may know what to do, but you may not be able to do it because you don't understand because you don't understand. Do you know why every time if your children are steady, you must say, I'll give you toffee. You steady. When you finish, I'll give you toffee. If you steady, I'll give you chocolate. Because they don't 
understand why every time you are telling them to learn. They don't understand. Until they grow up and they realize that Udi Lassa are a best role. If you don't do well, you can't go to the university. If you don't do well, you cannot be promoted. If you don't do well, you'll be repeated. And the shame of it will keep them steady. That time they know. So sometimes the reason why we need to be telling you, live a holy life, give your tithe, do this, do this, is because understanding hasn't come. When understanding comes, you don't need instructions. <laughs> understanding. And that is illumination. Hmm. Psalm 119 verse 102. Look at it. 102. He said, I haven't turned away from your regulations for you have taught me well. Hey, may you begin to see the Holy Spirit as your teacher. Yes. You have taught me well. Oh God, teach us. Everyday teachers, in our quiet times, teachers, in our afternoon times, teachers, on our beds, teachers, in our cars, teachers. Teach you have said you have taught me well. I love it. It is only the Holy Spirit that can teach you well the word of the Lord. Sometimes you see the <clears throat> one of the things that is killing the church is that we listen to sermons that have 15% scripture 25% life experience somebody's life experience will mean nothing to your life destiny God can only instruct us via his word and God gives us illumination by his spirit. He said, give me the old King James of that. Give me the old King. He said, he said, I have not departed from thy judgment for thou hast taught me. May God teach you certain truth that you will walk in it and transfer to your children. May you practically become scripture. May you practically become scripture. I, I don't feel bad when I don't have enough money in my bank account. I feel bad when I feel far from scripture. Because the more you feel far from scripture, the more you are going off the mind of Christ. Because it's the scripture that reframes, reframes your mind, retunes your mind, reforms your mind to think like God. May you not go far from scripture. God wants us to know. God wants us to understand. And God wants us to obey his word. The first step is to know. The next step is to understand. And that is our battle. Understanding scripture. Understanding what God is saying. And knowing what to do. If we seek the Holy Spirit. And seek the help of the Holy Spirit. Our eyes shall be opened. And when your eyes are open. Our minds shall open to the influx of the light of God. The influx. The influx. May, may, may the Holy Spirit bombard our minds with illuminations in the name of Jesus. Luke chapter 24 verse 45. God wants to open our eyes. Luke 24 45. He said, then open he their understanding. God, God, one of, we say God is, Jesus is a, a, a door opener. He is a mind opener also. He opens our minds. God show me I don't understand what is happening to me I don't know what is going on but God open my mind the Bible said the prodigal son he came to himself illumination he came to himself may the Holy Ghost cause us to come to ourselves 
Because if he didn't get the illumination, he was going to lose his status of a son to become permanently a servant who, who had nothing. But illumination moved the servant to sonship. When you have illumination, you begin to reign more in the kingdom of God. The men who have illumination are the men who reign in the kingdom of God. Reigning is tantamount to revelation. The more revelation you have, the more you reign in the kingdom. May God open your spirit to truth. May God open your spirit to truth. A generation is rising that is far from truth. It's far from truth. We, you, you can hardly indoctrinate charis charismatics. And when indoctrination is being done, it's being done to tailor after a man, not after Jesus. Yes. When, 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 when scripture begins to be sidelined, we raise no Christians in church. We just raise people in church with no Christianity. Yeah. With no Christianity. One time I remember, I, I, I found myself in a kind of a banter with someone. I think the person said, oh, God is going to raise people as celebrities and all that. And my spirit just reacted to it. That our desire must not become to be celebrities. Our desire must be to think like Jesus. Is this kind of celebrity status that is affecting and confusing Christians? Yes, God will raise some amongst us to stardom and some positions and I'm praying that God will raise people but you see, you, they didn't follow Jesus to become celebrities. No. If I come and preach that God is going to make you a celebrity, it's not a sermon because anybody can preach that. <laughs> anybody can preach God is going to make you a celebrity. It's, 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 it's not a sermon. It's not a sermon that Jesus died on the cross for. Anybody. You don't need the spirit of the Lord to preach God is going to make you or you become a celebrity. You don't need the spirit of the Lord. <laughs> they are motivational speakers who are not Christians. They are, they are, I, 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 I listen to some motivational speakers who are Hindus and Muslims. And their words are deep. It's not a sermon. It's a speech. It's an encouragement. It's a motivation. But the gospel is that a man surrenders his life to Christ and begins to think like Christ. That is the gospel. And that man has no business finding out his rewards. His business is to obey, submit, and sacrifice for the cause of the kingdom. That is the picture of a Christian. Yeah, that is the picture of a Christian. You see, if we tell you that God is going to make you a celebrity, a celebrity, and after 40 years of your life, you are not a celebrity, you tell us we are liars. But that, that, that you tell you, it is not the gospel. It's not the core of the gospel. It's not the core. So when we, we emphasize on it so much, no wonder nobody wants to sacrifice anything in the kingdom of God. Nobody wants to sacrifice his time. Nobody wants to sacrifice his resources. Nobody wants to sacrifice his comfort. Nobody wants to sacrifice their money. God wants us to know the ultimate and immediate call of a Christian is to walk in the mind of Christ. That is your call. No, all, listen, all that I'm telling you do you think that if you walk in it, you walk in sin? No. Your battle, our battle with sin is because of the lack of us walking. We are not, we are not thinking like God. 
that is why I'm teaching this. We are not, we are not thinking like God. We are not thinking like God. We have a different picture of what Christianity is because of what we have been told. But Christianity, your ultimate and immediate call as a Christian is for you to think like God. So in every situation you find yourself, you have to ask yourself, what will God do? What will Jesus do? What will be the reaction of Jesus? Because I represent him. I am the Jesus my generation will see. And they can only see that when we begin to think like God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God gave us a good start as children. God gave us a mind that has what it takes to think like Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16. He said, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. This, this, this. Okay, give us a soft version. You will get it before I say it. A soft version. He said, for who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. God gave us a starter. A starter package at the new birth. He gave us a mind that has the ability to think like God. To think like Christ. To perceive and conceive like Christ. A man, let me tell you this. A man who is growing in the spirit is a man who is growing more into the mind of Christ. Show me a man who is spiritually matured. I will show you a man who is matured into the mind of Christ. That is the highest pinnacle a Christian can climb to. Where you come to the point where you don't struggle. Acting like Christ. The mind of Christ must reflect in the routines of our lives. Church, that must be our desire. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He said, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Give us the old King James. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. NLT again. Look at scripture. Just look at it. You must have the same attitude that Jesus had. The same. The same. Is the calling. This is what we must practically become. Practically. Say, Lord, help me to become. Yeah. Oh, say, Lord, help me to have. Yeah. He said, you must have. Give me the GNT. I'm wrapping up. Say, the attitude you should have is the one that Jesus had. What a call. So now I will marvel at people who condemn the preaching of holiness. <laughs> that just being a Christian, you can do every foolish thing in town and still claim that nothing has happened to you. He said the attitude you should have is the one that Christ Jesus had. Period. Not even the one that your pastor has. That one is rubbish. That one is, is rags before the Lord. He said the attitude you should have is the attitude that Jesus had. Message version. It is no joke. It is no joke. He said think of yourselves the way Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus thought of himself. And, and then what did he think about himself? Keep going. Keep going. 
He said, he had equal status with God. Watch the scriptures, please. But didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status, no matter what. Verse 7. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on, on the status of a slave, became human. Having, do, do you know what it means to move from being a deity to become human? Having equal right with God, having equal status with God, having equal um, 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 nature with God. Spirit. But the mind that was in him made him to become human. A king of kings in the status where he cannot die. He had to come out of that status into a status that he can die. Hmm. Am, I, am, I, am, I, am I communicating to someone? That is the mind that Jesus had. From somebody to nobody. That is the mind of Christ, church. Christ was not looking at what he would get. He was looking at what he could give out of his life. What can you become for somebody to sit on your boat into salvation? What can you become? What can we let go? That is the mind of Christ. He said, having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. Church, God will take you through a humbling process. A process that will humble you. Can God take us through that ride? And we will still be okay? There are situations that will happen to you. The man reduced from a deity to a human being. Not for one day, for 33 and a half years. He died like how a vulnerable man would die. He was accused like how a vulnerable man with no defense would be accused. And Paul is saying that let this mind be in you. Oh, pastor, me, I am foul about principalities and powers. I shall be the head only and not beneath. The Paul is saying let this mind be in you. Else the church will die in our hands. Else Christianity will be too diluted for the next generation. Else a day will come when you talk about Holy Ghost baptism, they will laugh at you. Else a day will come when you talk about praying for a long time, they will laugh at you. Else a day will come when you talk about virginity being kept, people will laugh at you. A day will come when you talk about purity and holiness, people will laugh at you. A day will come when you talk about sacrifice, losing things, suffering and dying for the kingdom. People will laugh at you. But that is the gospel. Thinking like God. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that crucifixion. Let me end the reading there. The, the, the mind of Christ eh, does not bring you out of you, but it brings Christ out of you. I repeat, the mind of Christ does not bring you out of you, but it brings Christ out of a man. The more we think like Christ, the more Christ is lived through us. 
May the Lord help us. So I conclude with this statement. What does the mind of Christ involve? If I don't mention it, in fact, I'm even cut out of the teaching, but I'll end with what does the mind of Christ involve? Christ's mind led Christ into seven things. Christ's mind led Christ into seven things. I end with the seventh. Number one, sacrifice. To have the mind of Christ, you must sacrifice. To have the mind of Christ, you must sacrifice. You can't, you can't have the mind of Christ. The, the mind of Christ is not beautiful. Okay, the mind of Christ is not beautiful. The mind of Christ is full of sacrifice. Full of sacrifice. Many Christians can't sacrifice. Now, our Christianity is so diluted that I'm, I was thinking that if this is the kind of Christianity that was in the early church, will we ever come and meet Christianity? We can't fast. We can't live holy. We can't love. We can't give our money. We can't give our time. We can't even wake up to pray without an online program. We can't. There is no connection between a Christian and fellowship with Jesus. You and Jesus. Yes. You and Jesus. You and Jesus. No, no, not you and people, you and Jesus. What is your relationship? How deep? How deep? I think, I think we've all backslided. How deep? How deep? The shallowness is too much. How deep? May God take us personal. Personal depth of love. Loving Jesus. Fully loving Jesus. Just assume that you were not the ushering head. And you are not ushering. When you take church work out of your life, do you think you have a relationship with Jesus? How deep? Is Jesus the, the person you want to hear from? And listen, without intimacy with Jesus, we cannot think like Christ. Do you know why they say sometimes when a husband lives for a long time with a wife, they begin to think alike? There are things that you come and ask me. The answer I'll give you, if you ask my wife, she'll tell you the same thing. Because of intimacy. If the mind of Christ is in us, we will sacrifice many things. Number two, we will submit. They are all under the scriptures I read this particular part. We will submit to the will of God. We will submit to the will of God. We will submit. Sacrifice. The will of God may not be nice. Even Jesus prayed many times that God should take the cup away. But he submitted. The mind will determine the action. Our actions are wrong because our mindset is wrong. Number three, obey. Christ's mind made Christ to obey. If you have the mind of Christ, you obey God. Hard. You will drop certain things. You will drop it. It may cost you friends. There are obedience to God that will cost you close relations. It will cost you. Christ's mind led Christ to, number four, to be elevated 
at the end of the story to be elevated. Number five, to triumph, verse nine. To triumph, verse nine. To triumph. He said, because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far above anyone. You see, when God is going to honor a man, when you see a man God has honored, <laughs> the man has suffered. If you never suffer with the leadership of the Spirit, God will never honor you. Divine honor is a product of divine suffering. Divine honor is a product of divine sacrifice. Divine honor is a product of a life that has submitted itself to the will of God. When you see God honoring a man, check. Check the years. Check the past. Check the chronicles of that man. You will see years of labor. You will see years of sacrifice. You will see years, a long period of submission. A long period of total obedience. I told you I have a sermon called Long Obedience. <laughs> you have to obey God for longer. We are short-term obedient people. God, eh, one of the, if you see a Christian eh, who is not obeying God for a long time, ah, you see, don't, by now most people have lost steam with, I want to know God, I want, the year, we are entering, uh, tomorrow is third month, eh? First match. The love for Jesus. I've come to a point where all I want to hear and know is that Jesus knows that I love him. That is my ambition for 2023. I want to know whether... Have you come to that point before? When you were chasing your girl, when you are chasing your wife, you do inquiries. Does he love me? Do you think he loves? I want to know whether Jesus knows. And God told Abraham, now I know. <laughs> you can say you love Jesus, but does Jesus know that you love him? As for Jesus, he loves you. But does Jesus know that you love him? Does Jesus know that you love him? That is my ambition for 2023. I want to know whether Jesus knows. If you tell me that, oh, pastor loves God, to you, but does God know that I love him? I don't know. Because for him to tell Abraham, now I know, that means Abraham crossed a line. There was a line that Abraham crossed. And God said, mm, no, Kataba. no, this guy, he loves me. The same thing that happened was that Jesus walked in authority. So when you see a man suffering for Christ, don't mock at him. Because a day will come, he will be walking in a certain authority you will not understand. He has suffered, he has sacrificed, he is a submitted person, he has obeyed God for a long time. A long time. A long time. Divine elevation does not happen suddenly. Maybe you think that uh, Abraham and David came from the backyard. He didn't come from backyard. He came out of suffering. He came out of sacrifice. He came out of submission to the Father. He came out of obedience to the Father. He, he didn't just come from backyard. It's an error for us to say he came from the backyard. He came out of suffering. A young boy going to the bush with animals every day. No bodyguard, no, no, nothing. He alone, the youngest of the siblings. A sense of neglect, a sense of uh, rejection, a sense of nobody. He went there for several years, so it's not one day. When you see divine elevation coming on a man, don't touch that man. Because when God is honoring a man, 
he gives him a protection cover. Do not touch my anointed or do my prophets no harm. That is why you can't touch them because they came from suffering. They came from sacrifice. They came from obedience. You cannot pull down a man of God. You can't. You can't. You can't pull down a man of God whom God has honored. You can't. And may God find in your heart a place to find out that you are a lover of him. The last thing that happens is that you walk in God's glory. Everything you do is to God's glory. It's in the verse 11. Verse 11. I'm closing on this note. And call out in praise that he is the master of all to the glorious honor of God the Father. When a man is walking with the mind of Christ and thinking like God, he does things to honor God. <laughs> it's a powerful thing. Rhoda, may you do things to honor God. Sam, may you do things to honor God. May, may our lives honor God. May our thinking patterns, may our actions, may we do things. One day, the, the, the disciples were telling Jesus to go and pray for a man. You, you know the reason why they were telling him to go and pray. He has built us a synagogue. May we do things to honor God that when people hear, we, they will open their mouth. Because it is only God that, it is only a man that God has worked in him, on him, with him, that can enter into that place of honoring him. May God find us in this generation where people care less about the things of God. And may God find us. You see, God looks in the secret, not in the public, in the secret. And honest as him, may God find us. That's why I told you that I want to find out from Jesus whether he knows. Me, I say I love him. And I know he loves me. But I want to find out whether he knows that I love him. That should be your guiding light this year. I want you to close your eyes and put your hand on your heart. If it will be to the glory of God, it must be done in and with the mind of Christ. Pray that God from today, pray in two minutes that God from today any mind in me that is not from the mind of Christ but functioning actively in me Lord take it out of my mind I want to be nothing before you I lose myself I lose myself I give myself away I I lose myself. Today I've come under divine illumination to know that this life that I live, I live it for the Son of God who died for me. Lift your voice and pray in two more minutes. Of, I become nothing before you, Lord. I surrender it all to you. I lose myself. I lose my ambitions for yours. Palakesa falakatayas. Maraketa bahakasage bahatas. Mekesofa baraketa bahadas. Bahakese hekaha. Menduka haseapa. Mahakasake bahatea. Mekeseke bakata. Lebra kasante agani ando bahata. Prengani kaho sagabahaya. Yekeze de bakata. It's not what is fun. It is what will fan the flames of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We give you praise. We give you glory. Father, we thank you that you bring us to the place. The seven mountains of the mind of Christ. The place of sacrifice. The place of submission. The place of total obedience. The place of divine elevation. The place of divine triumph the place of authority and the place that your name is glorified and honored 
throughout our lives. In Jesus' name, we are prayed with all thanksgiving. And everybody shall shout a big amen and give the Lord a good clap offering. The message you just listened to is from ICGC Karis Temple. To connect with us, you can like our page on Facebook at ICGC Karis Temple or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ICGC Karis. We would like to hear of how God is blessing you through this podcast. To support this podcast, please click on the profile button and click on support. Thank you and God richly bless you.